Calgary. I'm uh, very happy about today's uh, guest. I'm having a conversation with an individual by the name of Walter Visa. And Walter Visa is based in Nairobi, Kenya. And he is the owner of AlphaFit, uh, one of the biggest functional fitness community gyms in Nairobi. Uh, he started the gym out of a passion for fitness and sports about uh, four and a half years ago. And uh, it has been an amazing ride for him so far. He grew up in the Netherlands and uh, he knew there was a lot more to discover for. So when he had an opportunity to work at a dive school in Greece, he decided to grab it with both hands and basically has never looked back. With a degree in international business, he has traveled through dozens of countries all around the world, many of places in which he worked and lived for some time. It's about 13 years ago that he came to Kenya and he's decided to also make it home. So. I'm very happy to have Valter on the show today, and I think you would enjoy the conversation that we had. It was uh, a great conversation, in my humble opinion. Uh, we spoke a lot about travel, spoke about um, basically marriage, divorce, and uh, starting a business in a foreign country. So I, I implore you to enjoy the show, and uh, if you like it, you can share with your friends and your network. So let's bring on Walter Wieser. Before going into today's uh, show with um, Walter, I wanted to let you know that I am launching a weekly newsletter from next week, Wednesday, August 23rd. The newsletter will be called Three Nuggets Wednesday. And how to get access to the newsletter is you can visit my website, which is www.wieser.com. U-I-U-K-P-O-N for Nancy, G for golf, dot com. And put in your email address in there. And every Wednesday, you'll receive an email from me sharing three things during the previous week that I found interesting and I thought might add value to the audience, which is you. Now, um, you can visit the website from this coming Wednesday, which is August 17, in order to put your email address in there so that you can have access to the first issue that will um, launch next week, Wednesday, August 23rd. I'm very excited about it and I hope you will as well and you see value in it as well. So there is me sharing my musings every Wednesday and uh, feedback is always great. As always, you can communicate with me through the contact UI page and I look forward to hearing from you. So. Let's begin the show with Wouter, and here it is. So welcome, everyone. Uh, I have uh, Wouter Visa here with me. Uh, Wouter Visa is based in Nairobi presently, and uh, prior to us jumping on this uh, conversation and pressing the record button, we were talking about uh, the state of the weather in Nairobi. It's uh, So full disclosure, I know Wouter. I used to work out in his gym. <laughs> he has a very great gym. I think if you ever visit Nairobi and you're into functional fitness or CrossFit or even martial arts, uh, it's a place that you should definitely check out. The community over there is great. And that's one of the reasons why I reached out to Walter to come on the show because uh, there was a bag I saw him wearing. And when I saw that bag, I knew this person definitely is into adventure. And as you know, we're all about uh, travel here. We're all about business here. And we're also all about... Uh, discussing failure. So, Walter, welcome. Thank you very much. 
Good evening. I was going to say good evening, but I think it's uh, just afternoon where you are. Yes, we just we just entered into uh, into the afternoon here, basically a few minutes ago. Mm. Yeah. 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 Thanks for being on the show. I'm uh, curious to uh, have this conversation. See where it's going. Fantastic. So I basically. As you know, just always came to the gym and always said hello to you. And then if uh, if I had a few things to to get off my chest, I, I would always share, as you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, I remember. One thing... <laughs> yeah, for sure. But the one thing I the way I wanted to start the conversation today is more on the on the traveling side before we segment into how you got into uh, fitness and how you built what you've built right now with Alpha Fit and stuff. So reading about your bio a little bit, you oh. stated that. Uh, you wanted to see the world and you had an opportunity with uh, diving in Greece. So, so tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. So um, I have an older brother. He uh, was about six years older than me. And um, after his studies, he uh, traveled. He uh, did some like cool stuff. He And he learned how to scuba dive. So... Um, came back, had a lot of stories, and uh, at some point when I, I think I just turned 18, um, he suggested I uh, I come with him to work at a dive school in uh, in Greece in uh, on Rhodes Island, and um, well that summer and the summer that followed I couldn't go because of uh, like some obligations I had, so I postponed it and I. Uh, um i went there when i was 19 and uh yeah it was a scuba diving school we uh, had a lot of tourists european tourists uh from all over actually um and uh yeah they came to uh you know spend a day on the boat on uh to go diving and uh i uh I was doing the the theory lessons, so the lessons prior to the dive, and uh, yeah, that's how I uh, first uh, went abroad and uh, had like a work experience. And uh, I think ever since I've I've not lived in the Netherlands, to be honest. Since the age of nineteen. Mm, yeah, about there. Um, I used to like uh still study in the netherlands so i would indeed uh go back and you know uh do a couple of months of uh of university but uh yeah um the majority of the year i would spend abroad and uh yeah i've been doing that since since i was 19 yeah so 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 when you arrived in greece uh, of course, your brother showed you the ropes and already created relationships that made it easy for you. Is it was it a kind of setting where they provided accommodation and uh, feeding, and they just wanted you to focus on teaching their members how to scuba dive? No, man. Um, uh, okay, so I'm 39 years old now, so that is uh, 20 years ago. It was, I think, the year after they introduced uh, the euro, uh, the currency. Oh, okay. um, but uh, before that, I think uh, people just uh, went there and, uh, you know, you would work on the boat the whole day and then uh, the rest of the day, your accommodation and your food and everything, you would get somewhere. But uh, this was quite a big dive school. I think I had about um, 
about 20, 25 colleagues or so. And uh, these guys would uh, just uh, take me under their wings and uh, like uh, help me find some accommodation. And then uh, we had a place where we, uh, where we would uh, like hang out. And uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's how it works. And um, I think they're still doing it like that. And I would uh, I would love to go back one day. Wow. So so in terms of your expertise now with scuba diving, I mean, how deep can you go? I've seen I've watched documentaries and seen how the deeper you go, the the less oxygen you can take and stuff. And then it 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 reaches a point where you 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 have to really basically come back up to to the surface real quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I uh, in those years, I uh, well before I ever went there, I, I had never done anything like that. So uh, when I first arrived, I needed to learn all of this. Um, but uh, yes, indeed, you can you can stay underwater for like a uh, like a specific period of time, or whenever you run out of uh, air. Um, but uh, yeah, the deeper you go the more you have to acclimatize on your way up. So if you if you go like really deep, like up to like 30 meters or so, you would have to like come up in, in stages so that your body can get used to like uh, the pressure again. Uh, basically water weighs really heavy. So w- water presses down on your body and uh, well, your body is like, consists of fluids, uh, water, um, like 80-something percent or so. Uh, But the chambers that are filled with air or the spaces that are filled with air, like your lungs and your your sinuses, they they are under immense pressure. And uh, your blood kind of changes. There's there's like uh, oxygen, of course, in your blood. um, And all of that has to like slowly slowly get used to less pressure on your way up so yeah there, there's some there's some rules involved there's some things to take into consideration but it's uh it's literally a different world down there and it's uh it, you know when i when i first uh went under i think uh literally i entered a different world it was uh, it was special and it was beautiful and it was something i had never seen before so um, yeah, I was I was hooked. I uh, it, it's it's amazing. Hmm. So would you say you've used scuba diving to travel? Because I mean, there's so many there's so many water bodies around the world. Is is that how you have navigated yeah. your traveling? Because you said you've traveled to so many countries, and I'm very interested in hearing these countries you've been and basically the kind of experiences you had. Because I tell people that travel is the best education. Oh man, it is. I think I think it is, and um, because indeed I uh, I was hooked on uh, like scuba diving. I uh, I used to like pick my destinations or my next uh, um, you know countries uh, you know uh, based on 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 that. I I always wanted to know whether there was some diving and whether that whether there was like something special in those countries and. You know, if you have a skill like that, if you if you are a diving instructor or a, a dive master, I was at the time, then uh, and and you speak a like you speak a couple of languages, then um, even then there was uh, like a way to, you know, have a profile online and then apply for scuba diving jobs um, 
all over really and uh yeah that's uh, that's what i uh what i did for some time um uh also during my travels i would like stay and work at a dive school for a period of time so that at least i wouldn't spend so much money um there's 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 really not a lot of money to be made in those type of jobs but you know you you usually um earn enough to you know to to cover your 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 rent and your food and uh, you know your 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 partying and then uh, <laughs> uh if you if you wouldn't spend and then often what i i think what i used to do but it's not not the same everywhere but i would i would get like tips from uh um from tourists and um those tips would go in a separate kind of jar um and uh if i if i earned enough to buy a ticket i would uh, i would then uh, go somewhere else and that is uh, what i did for some time yeah so so from greece so before we leave Greece here, so I, I'll be honest with you, man. I know how to swim, but if my fingers cannot touch something, hmm. then I I freak out. <laughs> I truly freak out. So if you if you don't know how to swim comfortably, I guess scuba diving is not for you. Is that is that a correct assessment? Mm, not necessarily, because uh, um, you don't need to be able to swim to uh, be able to dive. Um, okay. it's, it's not necessarily, um, well, I mean, it's, you, you need to, you need to know how to move around. Right. So, but if you can, uh, if you can, uh, uh, you know, you have, you, you're wearing your, your fins, if you can like move your legs up and down, you should actually be able to move on the water and that's all you need to do. Um, but you know, you, you need to be somehow like a bit like comfortable, uh, in the water, that is definitely something, and mm. you know, uh, yeah, not everybody is, and um, yeah, it's important that you have your breathing under control, and that you, you know, that you do not panic because a panic diver is, you know, is is is, is quite um, quite a uh, you know, if you panic as a diver, it's quite a a tricky situation, but. Um, yeah, no, I think I uh, I used to like take people uh, underwater that uh, that would not even be able to like swim across like a, a pond or something like that. Yeah, no way. So if wow. you if you ever, yeah, man, if you if you ever interested uh, to learn how to dive, uh, even if you're if you're not a good swimmer, you should be fine. Wow, and, and what 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 is the side effects or adverse effects that would happen to you if? You scuba dive to like say thirty meters, and then you come up to the surface so quickly. What 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 could happen to the body? Okay, there's uh, there's uh, I think there's two like two major things that can happen. One is that not three maybe. One is that uh, those okay um, underwater under all that like pressure, the water uh, pressing down on the body. Uh, your all like your 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 uh, your air like you, uh, air filled chambers in your body they um they fill up with air that is under pressure let me try to explain this well and then um that air would have like uh, taken up 
much bigger space uh, above the surface. So let's say you fill a balloon or something underwater and you would go up, that balloon would like expand, right? It gets okay. bigger and bigger as you go up. Okay. So let's say if you would not uh, continue breathing and you would like swim up, the same would happen to your lungs, right? Um, mm. And uh, that could like potentially cause the, the, the lungs to uh, tear or, or, or something. That, that would be quite a, a serious uh, diving uh, accident or problem. Um, but uh, what happens as well is that you have like tiny, tiny little bubbles, oxygen uh, bubbles in your blood. They can also expand. So then you have uh, air in your blood um, or like bigger mm. or bigger, like, uh, um, uh, like the air bubbles uh, when they expand um, and they travel through your body, that can cause issues. Um, so that is, uh, that is something, but, um, I think, uh, uh, yeah, if you would Google it, uh, you, you can find something that is called uh, decompression sickness and, uh, yeah, well, there are some a few symptoms. I must say, I haven't really, uh, been doing anything like this for about, uh, uh, 15 years now so I wouldn't know exactly what the terms are uh, again or anymore but it's uh, yeah yeah you can uh, you can you know you, 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 you can get seriously ill or worse if if you would come up like that wow but, uh, so let's uh, let's just say that uh, all that time that I've been diving and I think uh, uh, I used to do like three or four dives a day and and that for like a number of years. So I think in total I have like about eleven thousand or twelve thousand logged dives. Wow. And, uh, other than somebody just getting like or or, or somebody uh, panicking or something like that, I haven't. I've never really uh, uh, experienced any any of such uh, incidents. So. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you say that would you say that humans studied the way fishes uh, come up to the surface, and that is how they apply the same principles to the to the met- to the to the skill of uh, scuba diving or diving in general and coming up back to the surface? Mm, it's well, no, I think it's uh, it's because people started uh, trying it. And uh, they started, uh, you know, discovering uh, that, you know, such things could happen. And I think they then studied it and, like, learned more about it and so on. I don't know if you know, the, it's quite a famous documentary maker called uh, Jacques Cousteau or something. He's, uh, he's French or Canadian French, maybe even. Um, How do you spell the last name? Jacques Cousteau. Uh I would say it's French, uh, but that's C-O-U-S-T-E-A-U, Cousteau. C-O-U. Yeah. C- okay, I'll, go- I'll Google it and put it in the show notes. Yeah, please continue. Yeah, so, uh, and those guys, they, uh, they kind of introduced the world to, um, you know, to un- the underwater world and 
I think they, you know, they used to like do some crazy stuff back. Like, like for for humans, it had never like really been possible to stay underwater like that, or at least not breathe underwater, or not like you know have some sort of like submarine kind of you know uh, vehicle to travel in. So. These guys, they used to like go down and they would like chase um, some big manta ray or something. So they would like swim after uh, those mantas and they would dive really deep and they would follow them. And then uh, they would come up and, and, and have all kinds of, uh, you know, weird like conditions and stuff. And I think those guys back in that day, uh, that's when they uh, really uh, discovered. Um, uh, what is uh, uh, what what the the rules are uh, for a, a human to acclimatize on the water? But it's uh, yeah, it's it's worth looking into because it's uh, it's these guys were pioneers and they did some amazing stuff. Yeah, um, wow, check it out. I definitely will, and I would actually also put it in the show notes as well. So, last question on scuba diving mm-hmm. with your. 11,000 logs of diving, I, I presume, around the world. Where would you say is still one of the best places for mm-hmm. you that you scuba dived in that you still have fond memories of? Yeah, I remember I remember this question from uh, a while ago. Um, people used to ask me this. But the thing is that uh, um, there's, uh, there's, there's um, different places that have uh, incredibly, you know, beautiful things to see um if you are really into like uh, that tropical kind of fish the reefs and all of that then you would probably go to honduras or egypt or australia you know where where the where the great uh, the bigger barrier reefs are um but i mean I don't know. I'm really into sharks. I like sharks uh, a lot. I, I used to uh, really look for cool places to dive with sharks. And uh, um, some of my best shark diving, I think, I've done in uh, in South Africa and uh, Mozambique. Mozambique is it was beautiful. It was like unbelievably uh, like overwhelming. Manta rays, big turtles. Um, so yeah, it depends. It depends on uh, uh, what you're in. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, scuba diving and 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 being able to travel and work at different dive schools around the world is uh, was was like uh, uh, you know one great experience from the beginning until the end, really. <laughs> I heard you say scuba diving with sharks was is like your favorite kind of experience. I mean, is this where the is this where the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial side of you started? Because I mean, sharks, man, that's crazy. I mean, did you did you ever have any kind of near accident with a shark? No, no. I uh, the the thing with sharks is that they uh, first of all they have a, they have a bad image. You know? People people. Uh, you know, ever since uh, the movie Jaws, I think, uh, came out uh, a long time ago, uh, people have been like, yeah, like obsessed uh, with sharks and how dangerous they are. But if you kind of, if you swim in between them, 
like you they they would not see you as a uh, like a, a potential prey or something so you can you can actually uh uh swim with most uh, sharks and 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 uh there 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 are hundreds of different types of uh, uh different types of sharks so you could uh, you could for example swim with uh, uh reef sharks that grow up to like uh like about two, two and a half meters or so they would never they would never attack you they would never see you as a potential threat or they would not see you as um uh potential food <laughs> So uh, that you know that is not, uh, and they're they're pretty big sharks. I mean they're they're uh, quite impressive if you swim next to them, but um, uh, they would they wouldn't like harm you. And then of course there's uh, there's those the bull sharks and the great whites. Um, uh, I must say that I've never seen those on a regular dive, but I have been. Uh, cage diving that's what they do in South Africa uh, and other places in the world but if you then you basically climb inside of a metal cage and uh, uh, and then you see them from from within the cage but uh, this is also because there they uh, uh, feed the sharks to lure them to the boat and uh, when They when they smell blood, blood and when they, you know, when they get aroused and they, you know, they're uh, basically in hunting mode. Then, uh, yeah, then they could uh, mistake you for uh, for something else. So that is why they uh, they sit in the cage. And I think there's a um, you know a matter of uh uh insurance and and other things there that comes into play there but uh otherwise uh you can just uh you can swim with them you can uh, i i i remember one dive in uh, in belize uh, uh in central america which is great for diving and there we we went out with a boat and we like uh um i think we we went to uh, like a nearby island or a nearby reef and uh, we jumped in the water and we, like, within no time we were surrounded by yeah i would i would say hundreds hundreds of uh, hammerhead sharks and no uh, way. <laughs> yeah it was and 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 yeah it's it's unbelievably uh, uh like overwhelming it's it's beautiful but uh these guys, they just uh, they just mind their own business. They don't even come close because you, when you breathe underwater, um, you actually make noise. And these uh, these sharks, they don't like noise, so they would not uh, they would not come too close to you. Would you? But, would you uh, say? Sh- oh, sorry. Continue. No, no, no. no I, I, it's in, it's funny because I, I, I think I haven't really been talking about diving in, uh, in years. And uh, I just feel like I'm getting so enthusiastic when I talk about it. It's uh, yeah, it's really it's really been a special period in my life. I think. Yeah. Wow. So would you say would you say sharks sense fear like dogs would sense fear? And if you don't if you don't uh, exude any form of fear with a dog, the dog would just leave you alone. Are sharks similar or they're different? Yeah. Uh, I think they they have a similar behavior. So they uh, and they're hunters. So they they um, 
they look out for signs of weakness um, uh, when when they're hunting, when they're looking for a prey. But uh, I don't know if it's uh, uh, fear that they recognize, but I think they recognize uh, uh, um, like sweat and, and things like that. But the thing that they really, really uh, sense really well in the water or like can smell, I think, in the water um, uh, from like hundreds and hundreds of meters is, uh, is blood. So if you would, uh, if you would like, um, you know, like uh, uh, maybe uh, like cut yourself on a, on, a, on a reef or something while you're diving, uh, they would instantly, uh, they would instantly notice. But again, they, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily or not like, not likely, they're not likely to attack you because uh, uh, in most cases you're, you're way too big for them. They're not, uh, they're not interested. So wow. So so you're saying that if you get if you're diving and then you a reef slices you your body in one way or another and you start to uh your body of course you start to bring out blood in that in that scenario the the sharks can start to come close to you and there's a possibility they could attack you or they won't attack you at all because you are not a typical prey for that type of shark. No, well, in the, technically, in this case, uh, you uh, you would uh, they would be likely to, or they would be it would be possible. Let me put it like that: it would be possible that they uh, they would attack you. But again, only the the, the bigger uh, types of sharks, not the ones that uh, uh, would normally um, uh, scan the, the reeds for like uh, that uh, that that fishes or something and and mind you there's a lot of sharks that uh, that don't even uh, um eat uh, uh other fish or anything oh, like there's there's plenty of sharks that uh, uh that j- just feed on like small like shrimp type of uh, um like uh, uh um sea life and they would just scan the the bottom of the ocean um and uh, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even eat fish, or let alone uh, humans. I thought I thought all I thought all sharks were cannibals. I didn't know that sharks were also heavy. Mm, yeah, uh, but shrimps and other animals are uh, oh, okay. is, uh, are okay. what they eat. So okay, yeah. So, but it's not the it's not the the fish or the turtles or the uh, dolphins or. Uh, 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 humans, uh, definitely not. But uh, uh, okay, yeah, I, I, I used to like uh, sharks, but uh, I remember that uh, a lot of the people that uh, I used to dive with uh, like were happy to stay away from sharks as well. I think they have uh, they have that kind of uh, image. Yeah? So, so my so so my last question on 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 this uh, topic of scuba diving and your travel with uh, uh, with scuba diving. If someone is listening to this conversation right now and wants to experience scuba diving and has the propensity like you to, to like to scuba dive with sharks around, would you say there's a similar pattern to swim with sharks that is the same for all of them? Or if you come across a great white shark, you have to swim in a certain way because you might disturb their behavior and they might attack you? Because you said, you said I remember you saying earlier that you can swim around a shark and it won't even bother you. It won't even notice you even. 
Mm. No, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, uh, swi- uh, swimming quietly, minding your own business, is uh, is uh, is best. And uh, uh, the one tip that I uh, I got when um, right before, like the, the evening, I think before I first encountered some of the like the bigger sharks. Uh, I was uh, told, and um, I think I've also learned that from like documentaries and other um, like sources, is that uh, sharks have a very, very sensitive uh, nose. Um, they can smell really well, but it's also sensitive in terms of uh, um, like uh, sensation and feeling. So if uh, you ever come across one and uh, it's a bit too curious and it kind of like comes up to you, then uh, punching it or pushing it on the uh, on the nose is uh, is uh, 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 your number one uh, defense uh, technique. I think punching them on the nose. Uh, but again, uh, I I I I've seen sharks on on, on hundreds of my dives, and uh, I've never really encountered anything that was. Uh, uh like uh uh potentially uh threatening or something like that it's uh it's something that uh um uh lives in the minds of people uh more than in reality and uh if i if i you know if if i can like uh uh you know uh either um uh like uh like make someone enthusiastic about it or uh, I have to do the opposite. I would rather make people enthusiastic, uh, enthusiastic about that whole experience and like experiencing that whole world under underwater and something and all of that because it's just uh, it's just uh, amazing. It's really uh, something special. Wow! I thought I had my last question on this section. I think I I have another question, but I'm going to do I'm going to ask you that question on the other side. So let's take a water break here, and then we'll be back with uh, Walter Visa on the other side. Cool, man. Cheers. So we're back with uh, Walter Wieser. Uh, we just uh, had to wet our throats after having such a, a great conversation. And I thought I was going to segue away from scuba diving, but nope, we're going to still stay here because my curiosity, <laughs> my curiosity, my curiosity is still here for sure. So uh, I wanted mm. to ask you as I wanted to ask you as an entrepreneur, um, basically. Uh, why not um, open up a, a diving school? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, I I think uh, I've always had it in the back of my mind uh, while uh, traveling for diving. Um, uh, the first dive school I worked at uh, was uh, was uh, the one in uh, in Greece. Uh, Rhodes Island. Um, the diving was Ro- not. So, sorry. Super- so let me ask you: Is 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 Rhodes Island like the premier diving school in Greece, or or that's what you were just about to talk about? Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, man. Um, uh, uh, Greece has got, uh, I think, hundreds of uh, small islands. Some are uh, bigger, but um, uh, in total, they have hundreds of islands and. 
all of them will have like all of the ones that are of a like substantial size with some hotels and some like holiday uh, uh, rentals and stuff. They would have a dive school and there's uh, there's uh, stuff to see. Um, but okay. uh, the that like the Mediterranean and the Aegean uh, like sea and that area around there is uh, is not like considered the most spectacular um, in the world. But the conditions are really well, um, are really good. Uh, visibility on the water is really good. And like there's a few currents and uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the conditions are, are quite good. And uh, so that would be like something for uh, like mass tourism, right? So we did a lot okay. of, we had a lot of people on the boat. Anyway, the owner of that uh, um, uh, dive school um, was a Dutch guy as well. Um, and uh, he, he, he was living the life as far as I was concerned. Like he had a, uh, a, a you know, a great life. He, he worked uh, like really hard, seven, about seven months of the year. But um, he would earn enough money to get him through the whole year so these guys would like uh, go uh, whatever uh, skiing in uh, in Austria or they would uh, uh, fly to the Bahamas for a couple of weeks and so on during that period during their off season right so mm. uh, and this guy was in his late 40s and I was 19 and no, as far as I was concerned, that guy was uh, uh, like, uh, <laughs> you know, he yeah. he, he uh, invented uh, life, like life as I thought uh, uh, it should be, right? I mean, I was growing up in the Netherlands and there was some sort of expectation of like finishing your uh, university and then, uh, you know, getting a, a job that pays well and that can, uh, you know, uh, sustain a family if you were going to have one. And, you know, you know that kind of future uh, was not something that uh, really got me excited, to be honest. Mm. And um, uh, a guy like this, like the, the owner of this dive school in, uh, in Greece, was, uh, was something that I, or was someone that I really admired, like... Uh, you know the type of lifestyle that he had, and the way, um, the way he was, and you know the way he looked at uh, things in the world, and uh, you know, like like that. And again, I was nineteen, and I was also uh, discovering life. Still am, but uh, uh, um, yeah, that was uh, that was something that uh, uh, you know I wanted at the time, opening a dive school. But um, uh, then I traveled around and I went to like uh, the Caribbean and uh, uh, one of the Dutch, like one of like there's a, there's a few islands there that used to like be part of the kingdom of the Netherlands. And um, well, there they uh, like. Uh, are, you, are, you, speak, uh, are you referring uh, to Aruba? Yeah, yeah, Aruba, uh, okay. Bonaire, Curacao, and then the, uh, um, Saint Eustatius, and like there's a few islands around there as well. 
Anyway, there they like uh, Dutch-speaking uh, uh, diving instructors, so I worked there for uh, a while, and the diving mm-hmm. was absolutely fantastic. It was, uh, it was, uh, especially after Rhodes uh, and Greece, and all the diving that I had done there. I, I uh, went to um, uh, uh, Curacao, and. Uh, there the diving was much better and there was more money to be made and so on so that's then i thought okay uh i think i will have a dive school in uh uh here in the caribbean somewhere um but you know uh you talk to people that own dive schools and they say it's hard sometimes and there's corruption and there's uh like you know the possibility that you as a foreigner owning a business over there can uh, somehow not get a work permit anymore or something like that. So those things uh, kind of scared me, I think. Uh, uh, I wanted to have a dive school, but I I thought it was also a bit like tricky to invest in uh, in a country that, uh, you know, is, is, is not yours. You don't have a, a permanent uh, kind of resident residency situation, and um, whatever uh, something can happen in tourism, and and then uh, um, uh, you get less visitors to your uh, dive school, and so on. So I was I was considering all of those things, and um, never really found a place where I wanted to uh, where I wanted to. Uh, settle where I really wanted to, um, you know, uh, have my life. Um, but uh, uh, I then realized much later down the line, I realized that there will always uh, be something. There will always be something that um, uh, will be challenging or will be difficult along the way. And uh, um I at some yeah I think it took me some time to understand that and uh, yeah by the time I um, I knew uh, I wanted to like own something or like build something abroad whether that be a dive school or something else um, uh, was uh, was much later like uh, was much further down the line I. Uh, after a lot more traveling and a lot more uh, like live experience and so on, uh, I finally decided to do it. But uh, uh, I think I've been like playing with the idea ever since I started. Uh, I started traveling. Yes. And and you haven't you haven't scuba dived actively in the last fifteen years. You said is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, all of a sudden, uh, it ended somehow. Yeah, um, I can't really remember um, whether. Yeah, I think there was um, there was a uh, I, I right before I came to uh, Kenya. I've been here for thirteen years, so like a, a while before I came to Kenya. Um, I got uh, more eager to finish my studies um, to to 
um, uh, you know, Finnish ought to at least have a degree uh, or have like something that I could fall back on. Um, so I made that a priority. And then um, uh, I then uh, traveled for to write my, uh, my thesis. And uh, oh, you, yeah, you did a PhD? That, I, uh, uh, sorry, my, uh, that's not the English uh, term. My uh, my final um, my final uh, uh, um, uh, how, what is it called in English? My uh, like uh, to finish your university in the Netherlands, you have to um, write uh, a final uh, piece. Um, and with that, you and that one either gets approved or not. And, and when it's approved, you get your degree. That's how it works. And uh, um, I uh, studied international business. Um, okay. So I, I, um, I traveled around to interview uh, Dutch. Uh, in this case, it was uh, Dutch, Dutch entrepreneurs, Dutch uh nationals dutch people that grew up in the netherlands that uh, uh ended up um owning businesses in foreign countries and and i wrote a, a report about like their uh their, their common challenges so it's very much in line with what i finally ended up doing it's uh, it's just uh, uh that uh these guys were all over the world. One was in Costa Rica, and the other one was uh, whatever. Anyway, I uh, I did that. I um, uh, finished university, and then uh, yeah, then I basically moved to uh, Nairobi. And uh, there's no diving in, uh, in in Nairobi, so um, I was a, I was about some... to. That, that was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's no diving, but there's good dive. There's there's okay diving in at the coast here. Uh, you uh, around uh, Malindi and um, but yeah, I I I think I was uh, a bit too spoiled. Uh, I had seen the very very best of diving in the world, and I yeah I I. I couldn't really get too enthusiastic about uh, the diving in Kenya. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I just kind of stopped and never did it again. I don't know why, actually. Um, don't, don't you see an opportunity to open something like that and bring that kind of expertise and excellence uh, in, in, in a place like Kenya, considering that we have, we have so much water body in Kenya, especially in the coastal part of it? Yeah. Um. Okay, there's, I, I know a couple of guys that uh, do water sports in uh, in uh, um, in Diani and uh, uh, Malimbi, and uh, there's uh, well, there's it's very seasonal and it's very dependent on uh, tourism, and tourism hasn't really been um, that consistent. Um, Kenyans don't really dive. Uh, so you you won't get a lot of like uh, local tourism and stuff. So I I, I just don't think there's uh, there's a lot of potential uh, for it uh, here in Kenya. And uh, 
basically in the rest of the world, uh, uh, the market is uh, quite uh, congested. Huh? Like everybody, there's only so many places where uh, like uh, uh, tourism, diving tourism is, uh, um, is, is uh, uh, like, you know, something that uh, 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 is sustainable. Um, or, or there, when there, when it is actually like a, a very big, uh, um, you know, opportunity, then uh, twenty, thirty people have already gone before you, and uh, uh, so okay. that has that has been that has been something that uh, has really been keeping me uh, um, from it. And uh, um, well, uh, I finally opened uh, a functional fitness gym in Nairobi, um, but. And uh, the reason why I thought it was a good idea was because uh, nobody had uh, had really done that yet in uh, Nairobi in functional fitness. And uh, but it was already kind of proving itself um, in the rest of the world. So it was only kind of a matter of time that. Uh, um, you know, uh, Kenyans, people in Nairobi uh, would be out there looking for a functional fitness gym. And uh, so, yeah, I saw more potential in in something like this than in uh, scuba diving that is more like, a, yeah, a saturated kind of uh, market that um, is also uh, uh, quite risky. Mm. So, so, you have now we have now come into Kenya after you finish your international business. What was the attraction mm-hmm. to Kenya even in the first place? I knew you were you had done a study on the Dutch ent- entrepreneurs around the world for your final exam to 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 mm. finish and get your degree. What attracted you to Kenya 13 years ago to come to Kenya? Uh, to be honest, uh, uh, um, right before. Um, uh, I moved here. Um, I had uh, uh, finished like uh, a, a period of about two years of like consistent traveling, traveling from one place to the other, to the other, to the and so on. And uh, okay. uh, I would like spend a couple of weeks or months in in a country, and I would then like move to the next. And um, uh, at the end of that trip, I was here in East Africa. I uh, uh, had uh, done a road trip from South Africa all the way to here. So there was a there was a a, a German so, couple so, sorry that to, was. Uh, sorry to interject. When you say road trip, I've seen you ride your motorcycle. Was it a motorcycle trip or was it a car trip? <laughs> No man, it it was a, it was a, uh, it was quite funny. This there was a German couple who had bought a Volkswagen uh, minivan, oh, and okay. uh, it was kind uh, something that they could convert to like a, a camper, like something to sleep in. So they had they bought something. They bought this in 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 South Africa, and they wanted to uh, travel all the way all the way back to Germany. Um, oh wow! And uh, yeah, and they yeah that was a that was a fantastic. I, I I we haven't really been like stayed in touch after that, but uh, I'm I have always been curious to know how uh, that ended. But uh, 
uh, we traveled. Or I was uh, with my um, uh, now ex-wife. It's a whole different story. Uh, but a girlfriend at the time. I was uh, uh, um, traveling in the same direction. So we got on that uh, Volkswagen uh, van with them and we traveled through Mozambique and um, Malawi and uh, Tanzania and then uh, to Zanzibar. And then finally we climbed Kilimanjaro and then uh, we finally ended up in, uh, in uh, Kenya. And... Mm. Uh, well, long story short, we this is where we kind of ended that part of the trip. Uh, we flew back to Europe. We were in Greece again, and then we still cycled all the way to uh, the Netherlands, which was... Uh, you, you, you rode a, a bicycle from Greece? Well. You rode a bicycle from Greece to Netherlands? Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, basically, wow. yeah. That was about 3,500 3, or so kilometers. It was uh, it was a uh, uh, yeah crazy. We 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 okay. Ah, uh, this is this is a good start. This is a uh, uh, so we were uh, we had like finished our round trip and we had tickets that brought us back to um, to Greece. And uh, when we were in Greece, we had uh, uh, almost no money left. We were broke. Uh, and uh, we were basically at the airport. And uh, we were looking for tickets to the Netherlands and um, could only find something that was like, you know, 400 euros or something. It was, it was, it was a lot of money. And it, uh, uh, we didn't think it was worth it. So we... Um, one of us opted like, hey, 400 euros could also buy you a bicycle. Then you could, you could for that money, you could like, you could, you could, yeah, you could get on a bicycle and cycle back to the Netherlands. And with that, you will extend like coming home uh, by a couple of uh, months. So we, we, anyway, we decided to do that. We bought bicycles and we cycled all the way into. Um, uh, back to the Netherlands, and uh, I, I, I remember this was uh, late summer, so uh, we started uh, in pretty good weather. But then, at some point, um, uh, uh, you know, it got a bit chilly and started raining a bit, and like we went through uh, Eastern Europe, Albania, and like those places were a bit harsh sometimes, and uh, um, well. Uh, Finally, when we were in France, like northern part of France, we things started to really look like uh, the Netherlands. It was uh, getting flat, and we saw those uh, uh, black and white uh, cows everywhere, and like it, it, it was starting to look uh, a lot like uh, the Netherlands. And the closer we got, we um, like uh, we started uh, planning our next uh, trip because. Uh, uh, we weren't we weren't looking forward to uh, uh, like coming back to the Netherlands and you know do those things that uh, um, we were afraid of like uh, you know buy a house get a mortgage and get a couple of kids and work for some corporates that kind of future we we really didn't see 
happening. And uh, but we said, okay, if we do it again, then we should like go somewhere and then not travel, but um, uh, get to know uh, a country a little bit better. So not not just see the highlights, but you know um, uh, live there, learn about the culture, learn about um, what it's like to you know, uh, have friends and a network and all of that, like, you know, to experience the country in that way. And um, uh, then uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time, she, well, actually, we, we got married and then. So, so we're back with Walter. Unfortunately, we had um, a bit of a technological uh, uh, infrastructure issue. And this is why traveling is important, because you get to see how things are in the other parts of the world. So uh, Dude, we're I back. Was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, i continue, but I, uh, I was just thinking about this. What were you thinking about? No, I, uh, I I realized. I mean, this indeed was a, a power a power hitch. Uh, so something happened to the Wi-Fi, and that's why we got cut. And uh, um, uh, I, I was still talking. I had no idea that uh, we had lost the connection. But I'm I, th I think you kind of got me until the end. And uh, uh, the funny thing is, is I was in the Netherlands not so long ago, and. Uh, uh, there was a power uh, cut there. Oh wow! And okay. uh, yeah, this is this is this is something completely like you know normal. I don't even notice it anymore. Sometimes uh, the generator kicks in. There's a small hitch. That, that, whatever we we continue. But I, that was in the Netherlands. This happened, and everybody started uh, panicking. And uh, I, I had no idea what these guys were on about. And, uh, but that's when I realized that uh, these guys are not used to uh, power cuts. And, uh, and we are uh, here over in, in, should, in the capital of Kenya. They should, they should travel more and experience that not every place is like home sometimes. Mm, yeah, man. Uh, it's another one of those things that I always used to hate uh, about the Netherlands that everything was so well organized and so good, like infrastructure and roads and like trains that would like run on time and all of those things. And like everything, everything was so predictable and uh, uh, good between quotes. Uh, uh, I I always hated it. I like I always hate those things when uh, and because uh, people are people can like complain about such uh, like so many things still like everything is so well organized and still people complain all the time or they are like scared or they are like whatever and you go like okay go go and see the world and you will see that like whatever is happening to you right now is not. Uh, not a scary thing, man. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's a little side note here. But it's it's funny. It's funny you say that because you know I I came back to Calgary on May twenty seventh uh, from Nairobi after being there for two years and four months, and it's the exact same feeling I have. And when I explain it to 
my friends here in Canada because Canada was home before I've decided that it's not going to be home anymore. The world is not my home. I complain to people and I say, one thing I miss about traveling and being in Nairobi is I don't like being in Canada or being in Calgary to be specific. It's so sterile. It's almost like in, I'm in a hospital. Everything is so mm. clean. Mm. Everything is so... It's like immediately you sneeze, they, they're going to get um, a disinfectant to clean it. I'm just like, you know what? Let the sneeze be, man. You know, jeez, life continues. Yeah, yeah. Come on. So I think for me, one of the things yeah, I man. really miss... One of the things I really miss about Nairobi is the fact that when I used to walk and come to your gym, which was 4.3 kilometers away from where I was living, I could buy bananas on the road. I could buy groundnuts on the road. I could buy Rolex, Chapati Rolex on the road. And it, everything is not so planned out. <laughs> yeah, man. And, th and that is, that is how, you, uh, how you want things. Like, uh, I, I, I cannot... Uh, um, uh, like imagine a life where you like take the six minutes past eight bus or train or whatever and there's a provision to put your bicycle and then uh, you go and take the 806 trains there and then you arrive there at 13 minutes past this and uh, uh, you know you carried your lunchbox from from home and you know and 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 monday tuesday wednesday every every day looks the same unless you know or, uh, unless it's the weekend but the weekend also looks the same you bring your kid <laughs> to a sports yep. club and like you know i i all those things man like i cannot i cannot imagine uh th that my life would ever be like that i cannot like seriously Wow. It's interesting. So so let's get back to this story you were sharing because I have so much questions to ask, especially I, I want to understand I want to understand the state of that bicycle. But you were you were saying that um, you and your girlfriend were talking and saying you wanted to not just travel anymore, but you wanted to choose mm. a place to go, learn a new culture, build a new network. And I think that is probably when Kenya came on the radar and then marriage also came yeah. knocking on the door, I guess. Yeah, I uh, at the end of those uh, like of that of those travels, I was gonna say like uh, when we uh, arrived back in the Netherlands, we had like uh, uh, survived uh, two years and um, you know twenty four seven and two years and uh, and a bit twenty four seven of being together, and uh, so it was a. It was um, and 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 she really um, wanted to get married, um, like before anything else. So we got married and we threw like a big party. We had like all of our friends that we had not seen for a while, like they were there, and you know it was all great. We had a great time. It was uh, beautiful, but indeed, uh, uh, soon after we wanted to um, travel again. And uh, um, my wife then, she was a teacher and uh, um, she really wanted to stick to like, you know, doing whatever she was trained to do or like uh, that she was educated for. And uh, um, so she started applying for teacher jobs around the world. And um, uh, then uh, the Netherlands school, there's a... Uh, 
school that is called the Netherlands School in Nairobi uh, was uh, was hiring. She applied and uh, she got the job. So um, and and you know somehow like um, in our minds we had um, ended our world trip. Uh, in Nairobi, the last part of the bicycle was uh, in Europe, and Europe was kind of close to home. So, um, yeah, we ended the trip in in Kenya, and uh, she was uh, offered, or she had, uh, yeah, been uh, like uh, offered that job in in Nairobi, and uh, I had just finished my international business, and. Uh, yeah, I'd seen a lot of uh, potential in in Nairobi, or I'd seen a lot of things happening. Uh, there was a lot of construction going on. There were like bigger international organizations. The UN was based here. There was uh, like some companies that uh, like do uh, business around the world had their like regional headquarters in Nairobi, and you know, like things were things were happening and um, yeah we wanted to go somewhere for a longer period of time and get to know the country and uh, yeah there was a good beach where I thought I would do a lot of diving here and uh, uh, yeah it kind of all came together so um, yeah we decided to do it and uh, um, go here have the security of one job and then uh, I, I was just going to find something I was going to like you know start a business or i was going to uh, work for some other business that uh, wanted to hire me and uh yeah so uh, we decided to come here and uh um uh we were going to experience it for like a year or so and uh well that is uh, uh 13 years ago uh, right now so 13, almost 14 years ago, yes. Wow. Okay, so let, let's go back to that bicycle, please. Like, <laughs> I mean, dry, riding from Greece, going through Albania, France, I'm sure there are probably other, maybe two or three other countries you had to go through before you got to, to see the black and the black and white patches on the cows and knew that you were now in the Netherlands. I mean, you must have yeah, had I mean, a tire, you, you must have had a tire puncture and all something. What happened to that bicycle? Oh, man. All the time. Uh, uh, there were days. Uh, I remember the first, uh, the first couple of days, like after we decided to do this, like we had not prepared at all. Of course, we had uh, uh, we carried. Uh, I, I along the road, uh, like along the way on my travels, I had uh, uh, stitched like badges on my backpack. Uh, we talked about backpacks <laughs> earlier, but yeah, uh, yeah, this this yeah, was yeah. quite a uh, quite a good. I still have it. It's in my uh, my uh, wardrobe there. But it's a uh, um, it's a uh, it's a big, huge black uh, backpack with like with all these badges on it and like so on. And um, I wasn't going to uh, uh, you know dispose it like normally you would pick up some stuff along the way and then throw it away and so on. But uh, this bag, I was going to bring it home, uh, literally. And uh, we were on these bicycles uh, with a huge backpack on our backs. And we like had our hiking boots because, yeah, uh, we, you know, we also didn't want to throw those away. And 
uh, well, anyway, so we had no idea what we were preparing ourselves for. And uh, um, then uh, we cycled the first day and we had like, I think we had seen like two villages, uh, like, you know, like a couple of centimeters on the map uh, away. And we were like, uh, yeah, I'm sure you can, uh, you know, you can reach there. This was like day one or something. And uh, we got there and we realized that uh, the, the, whatever, the yellow line that we had seen on the map was actually a highway. So we could not, uh, oh. we, we, uh, we were cycling on the, on the highway. But before we realized it, like we had not recognized the, 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 that the, like uh, the road that we took was leading up to a highway. And then all of a sudden we were there. And uh, there were like dead um, uh, hogs that that walk around there that get hit by a car that were like uh, on the side of the road and we were cycling around there and you know and that was a huge underestimation of day one. But uh, uh, right before we got off the highway, we had our first puncture and oh, then we wow. realized that. The, the the glue that we uh, we had carried uh, like a repair kit, but the glue that we that was in the repair kit had already dried up, so we couldn't use it. And like we we discovered almost everything on day one. And uh, at the end of day one, I know I remember we were like, okay, so what what did we get ourselves into? Um, but yeah, and 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 like. You know your ass hurts after one or two days, and uh, like yep. you get like soreness in your muscles, and you go like, "What? What are we like? Are we going to do this for another <laughs> three, or, three or four thousand kilometers?" It was, wow! Uh, it was uh, it was crazy. Yeah, I think I think um, uh, we we really really regretted our decision in the first couple of days, but. Uh, um, uh, I, I don't know. Somehow you get used to stuff, and like you find a way to do things. And okay, those climbs are very hard, but going down is a good feeling. You know, you kind of uh, like you kind of you know uh, start embracing all of those things. And uh, I think we finally took about uh, uh, two months or so, seven weeks, something like that, to to complete the trip. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was a good experience in the end. So, so let me ask. I mean, there was no Google Maps then, thirteen years ago, probably was there. No, no, no. So, so, no, no, so no. did you did 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 any of you have any form of map reading ability skills? Uh, well, I mean, the basic skills. We 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 learned how to do those things uh, in school. Uh, north, east, we, we learned like, uh, you know, the different countries in Europe and we learned like, you know, like how to read maps a little bit, but no, we would just go and uh, um, like uh, ask for those small, like uh, uh, those small city maps or something that people uh, yeah. get at their hotels, you know, when yeah. you check in at the hotel yeah. and there's like a local guide, those those types of uh, booklets we used to like pick up everywhere and then uh, connect uh, connect them as uh, as good as we could and and that's uh, basically uh, how we uh, how we got home. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, I, I, maybe I sound like an old man. I don't know. Um, yeah, geez. I mean, you know, I actually, I actually, I actually thought you were in your forties before you you mentioned your age here when on the show. So, so if I were to ask, if I were to ask your trip from South Africa to, uh, um, I think Tanzania. That's where you took the flight to Greece, correct? Uh, no, here in Nairobi. Nairobi. Okay, so you 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 joined yeah. that German couple in the Volkswagen uh, vehicle that they converted to like an RV, and you guys drove from South Africa to Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Then you took a flight to Greece. That's part one of the trip, and then part two of the trip was Greece, trying to go home to Netherlands, and flights were too expensive, and you're like, you you guys bought the two bicycles. Which of of those two trips, which was the one that you could say was the one that was crazy? Well. Okay, yeah, this, uh, uh, even before South Africa, uh, we, we were traveling. This whole thing lasted like for more than uh, two years. So this, the first part, we traveled around in Europe a bit, and then we went to Costa Rica, we went to Honduras, we went to uh, um, Belize and, and, and Mexico, Guatemala, all those countries. Um, then... To Southeast Asia, we spent about seven months or so. Southeast Asia, and in, in, from Indonesia all the way to Vietnam and Cambodia and Thailand and to China and finally Hong Kong. Well, and then flew to South Africa. So that was a whole trip again. And uh, the last leg was the the, the cycling trip um, that we kind of invented so that we didn't have to go back that soon so we we kind of extended it all the time and we uh we finally uh, uh traveled it was long one long kind of stretch for about uh, two two and a half years or so wow <laughs> yeah, man. man that bicycle trip i can't imagine okay as, <laughs> a, as 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 a man you made it you you got to netherlands and you you got married to this woman would you say the riding, riding from Greece to Netherlands made you realize, I think I can do life, I build uh, a life with this woman in terms of teamwork? Because that must have been a lot mm-hmm. of teamwork, especially, especially encouragement from yeah. days when you finish at night and you're like, man, my, my ass hurts <laughs> or my muscle yeah, hurts. Yeah, man. No, that was, uh, that was it's, it's interesting that you uh, say this because I think um, uh, that whole trip was indeed uh teamwork we uh we were um i was the one who would uh uh probably uh spend a little more on on stuff and she was like you know the planner and she would do like she would really like uh and like uh, uh, uh walk an extra block along like this whole trip was of course a lot of traveling and sleeping in, uh, in, in lodges and stuff. And she would always um, like walk a bit further to save a couple of dollars. And, you know, and I would, uh, um, you know, uh, be in charge of other things. And, you know, yeah, that was, uh, uh, that was a good, uh, a, a good um, uh, long experience uh, to find out that uh, like, uh, you know, that we were, uh, you know, a team, and then we could do stuff together. Yes, uh, it's interesting that you say that because uh, 
currently, uh, about two years ago, uh, uh, I separate. We separated. We um, uh, at the start of the pandemic, and like after a period of like, you know, um, having very young children, uh, we 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 came to a point where we had kind of grown apart, which is yeah funny because um uh like earlier on in our relationship we were we were pretty tight like that so um yeah but anyway that's uh, that's a story for another day maybe i i was about to ask a question but if you if you're not comfortable if you're not comfortable wanting to stay there then we can we no, can say uh, no 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 go ahead I, I, but it's uh, you know it's uh, it's a story like uh, um uh, we arrived here in uh, in Nairobi about uh, uh 14 years ago i think with the two of us and uh, then uh, we had uh, three children here in Nairobi uh, life was good here and we were like uh, i had a good job i haven't really talked about that yet but uh, i had a job i had like a good salary and we had like done all the traveling so we were like okay so it's probably time to you know have kids so we got three kids relatively short after another because you know here the weather is great and you have nannies that you can have in your house like we were like you know really enjoying all of that and uh, um, uh, finally uh, about uh, yeah halfway through the pandemic and when um, uh, we had like really suffered uh, financially and we had already separated uh, shortly before that uh, my ex-wife and my three kids they uh, they moved back to the Netherlands they th- that's where they are right now and I'm here so uh, yeah it's, uh, it's a, you know it's a, it's a, a more sensitive subject but it's uh, uh, you can just ask me anything about it no I I, th- I think um, the first of all sorry about that situation I can also relate with you because I had a divorce as well. I got married uh, December fifth, uh, twenty fifteen, and uh, I uh, oh, really? I, I I I brought her to Canada. Uh, she arrived in Canada May May fifth, twenty sixteen, and uh, she left my house the next month. So uh, mm. so we, we we technically we only married for six months, but we married for six months. But technically, we spent maybe one and a half months together because we got married in nigeria and uh, okay. I, came, I i came back to canada her papers her papers came out and she joined me in may and then she left in june so i think for me every time i meet men that have gone through divorce i'm very fascinated to to to, to have that conversation with them because we men don't really talk women talk about these things mm-hmm. we men, women just sweep it under the carpet and um i don't know about you but for me I kept on having serial en- entanglements with women before I finally said to myself, I need to deal with this issue. So it took me, mm. it took me, it took me from June 2016 all the way to December 25th, 2021. And December 25th, 2021 mm. was when was when I said, you know what, enough is enough. It's time for me to address this issue and have a steady relationship instead of flings here and there because i think for me it was almost like the flings were helping my ego 
<laughs> no, but that's uh, that's how it works, man. You uh, you uh, you know you uh, or the way I see it is like you go through something which is uh, uh, like uh, whether it's you know the right decision or not. Uh, you know this is not what you had in mind, right? You 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 wanted to. Uh, do better and like maintain a, a relationship and um, so it's some some kind of you know um, failure or like uh, you know some kind of like uh, uh, um, yeah uh, failing I think is a, is a good word and then um, there's uh, sadness because well in my case there were the kids involved and. Uh, you want to be like you know you want you want to be a part of their lives the way you had intended it to and um, you know I I like love to see them grow up here in uh, in in Kenya so these are all things that like you know that 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 are um, somehow you know hurting you and like uh, so if you if you then after that like if you have a period where you seek for validation or you seek for like, uh, you know, like, uh, um, uh, uh, like uh, uh, some sort of, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good word for it. Like uh, you, you're not approval, but like you can't, you, you're looking for like to show that um, it was not you or it's not all you or something. So um, I think it's very normal to have such like things and and well for me I mean I I know that I was looking for that kind of uh, attention um, but uh, um, I, I I heard about your like ambition to uh, uh, get married again and uh, I think I think if anything like what I've learned so far is that. Uh, uh, when you have new relationships or like even with friends, uh, but if you start dating again or something, then you're, you're way, way more intentional about, uh, um, you know, doing, doing your part uh, in that relationship. And um, yeah, I think uh, that's, the, that's the good thing that we, you will also uh, like carry forward. I think you're, your relation, your future relationships can only like be better than the one that failed. If you, I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, it does. And I, I think if I may ask, if if it's okay for me to ask you, do you, do you think you want to get married again? Um. Well, okay. I I I got married. Okay, my my culture and my like you know in the netherlands where i'm from originally that that like marriage is uh, is um uh like um it's it's very much like tied to the type of life that people um had uh, a couple of uh, uh, decades ago so uh, young people the new generation doesn't really get married or they don't really see um you know the 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 benefits of it it's uh it's, it's often um more of a 
like financial kind of commitment than a, uh, uh, a proof that um, you are going to spend like uh, that like you're going to have a relation like children for example are um, a stronger bond than marriage so for me marriage I, I got married not because of um, my ex-wife but she she um, was a bit more traditional and she really her parents like the, her upbringing was more like that and I think that's finally when why I got married and also got married at a quite a young age um, right now I don't really see uh, like the the benefits or something the the ceremony and the and the promise that that you want to um, like spend the rest of your life together is is beautiful but um, and I would you know see myself doing that again but the actual marriage and like you know the the um uh the the like uh um uh sharing your um uh sharing your your finances and so on i i think i i'm a bit i've changed uh not that i don't like sharing but you know i've also like uh, met uh, people again and I, I i feel that um like women are also a lot more de- independent um right now and like uh i i don't know if i if i would ever get married but uh um i would definitely uh like to build a relationship with someone that can last for the rest of my life yeah almost like a almost like a companionship in a way yeah exactly more 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 than like more um yeah like uh uh a relationship that you both really want and that nobody is dependent on if, if that makes any sense mm. so so you know that this show this show is centered on three themes travel business minded and uh failure if i may ask uh the breakdown of your marriage would you consider that a failure or that's not a failure to you mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's it um again regardless of the fact that um it is uh the best uh, it was the best solution at some point like to to separate and to continue like uh or to have uh, the opportunity to you know build a life that was more suitable for me and for her to do it with like on her own i think that was at that time it was the right decision and uh in the end i think um we are both going to uh, uh look back and say that it was the right decision also um but before that getting to there um uh getting to the point where uh you decide to separate um i could have done my part i could have done uh, a lot better i could have done um uh you know uh more of those things that uh um that uh, uh you know build uh, a good family uh you know i could have been more present i could have been uh whatever more um a better communicator i could have like uh provided um a, a safer space to communicate because i think 
that's where we kind of, um, you know, lost it, where we lost connection is when, you know, we weren't really talking about issues anymore and so on. So I think, um, yeah, in terms of failure, I think this is, uh, uh, this is where I think I could have done uh, better. Um, uh, I, I don't know if, let's say, if, 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 um, if I would have done all those things that I was supposed to do, whether um, we were going to like um, be the right match for the rest of our lives, kind of, because I think we kind of started thinking about things a bit differently and the way we wanted to spend our time and where we wanted to spend our future and all of those things. We kind of, um, you know, we kind of um, uh, disagreed on those things at some point. So, um, and and the compromises or the like the uh, sacrifices would have been a little bit too big, I think, later down the line uh, for one of us at least. Um, so, yeah, I feel you that maybe um, uh, we didn't like that. I didn't do. Those things that I uh, I was uh, uh, I, I could have done, but uh, in the end, I think it's uh, it's uh, it happened for a reason. I think. Mm -hmm. So you know, Walter, you've been so generous with your time. I thought by now we would have wrapped up this conversation, mm. but honestly, I would like to just have one more part through with you. So let's yeah. just go into a water. Let's just go into a water break now, and then we'll come back on the other side. Cool man. All right. So we are back with Walter again. Uh, we have probably, this is probably our third water break. Who would have known that we would have had such a great conversation so far? So Walter, thank you so much for your time and uh, for just at least yeah, really sharing your, sharing your story with, uh, with our audience. So we, when we took the last water break here, you were talking about um, what you have, basically, I was asking if uh, you would consider your separation as a failure and you were answering that question and the thought that went through my mind was you also said that uh you don't think you want to get married again but you would prefer to be with uh, like have a companionship with someone with 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 everything you've learned so far because your ex-wife to me sounds like an adventurer like you do you mm. think for the do you think for this next phase of your life you would like to be with another adventurer or you probably would want to be with someone that is slightly different from you maybe difference is good or you want mm. another adventure you want another adventurer again because you, you, i don't think when you're an adventurer it ever leaves you um yeah i i i uh it's funny i the um the assumption uh is uh i i get that uh very well we um yes one of the first conversations even uh, that i i had with uh my ex but like at the time we didn't know each other yet um i think we the first conversation the first time we had a chat in a, in the club somewhere we we were talking about the edge of like traveling and discovering um and uh, uh so that we 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 did that together and then um we uh 
eventually we settled in uh, in uh, Kenya and we stayed here for so long. Um, funny enough, in the end, um, uh, when uh, I think this adventure, like this this uh, exciting life, or like everything. Uh, that had like uh, been uh, keeping us busy all that time um, was also uh, distracting a little. Like, uh, you know, we weren't really investing a lot in each other. Um, we were uh, always kind of, you know, uh, somewhere else and, 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 and we got distracted a lot. So um, in the end, when we were completely settled and when we had three kids, um it was i think in if i like I, I can only speak for myself of course but i feel like um uh yeah those things that we shared like the things that we really connected um with is uh, uh were no longer really part of our life um mm. and uh um so uh and when we separated, it all kind of made sense also, as far as I was concerned. But um, now, I, I mean, we are uh, like, uh, whatever, uh, two years uh, down the line. Uh, I have like processed a couple of things and, um, uh, you know, I kind of um, like uh, rearranged some values in my life and like, you know, kind of, I spent a little time with myself also discovering, uh, like, what I'm all about. Uh, right now, <laughs> I think I'm not so uh, adventurous anymore. Like, oh, I, am, wow. uh, uh, I, am oh. a, I am not that type of uh, uh, person anymore. I don't think I, I need to, like, uh, uh, go from one place to the other to like uh, experience new things and so on. I, I think the whole point, the whole thing that I wanted with uh, with Kenya is to you know stay at one place a bit longer and like really get to know someone and uh, no sorry uh, a culture and a country. I think this is also what I now want in life. You know, like uh, uh, I would I would love to uh, uh, you know just stay somewhere, build something. I'm now building a company. I um, uh, I would want to do the same with a relationship and like really invest in it and like all of those things. And I, uh, if, if that's going to be here in uh, Nairobi, then uh, um, uh, I could like totally imagine uh, me being here for uh, many, many years to come, I think. Hmm. So, so for anyone that is listening to this and you're a female, uh, I have to say Valter is a very handsome man. And I don't know if he's an eligible mm-hmm. bachelor. I don't know if he's an eligible bachelor, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted to ask, um, you've had, you have three kids now. Uh, you, want, mm-hmm. you, want to see, you want to have a companionship long-term and possibly stay in one place for a while. Any bandwidth to have another kid or that door is closed? Mm, never. No, not in a million years, man. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I, I will never have uh, kids anymore. But that is because I, uh, I feel like, uh, uh, okay, when you do talk about uh, failure, it's uh, um, 
the 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 um, you know growing up with like you know in a Western like society Christian uh, uh, like uh, a Christian dominant uh, culture you grow up with the idea that like you have a mother and a father and a bunch of kids and um, you know marriage is also kind of in the same line. Um, I, I really, really struggled with the fact that uh, I wasn't uh, like going to be in, uh, in, in my kid's life like, uh, like my dad was, for example. He was in my life. He was my role model. He like, uh, was the one who would like, drive us to like, holidays and stuff. Like, he was the, the, the dad. And uh, I wanted to be that for my kids. So uh, I really, really struggled with that. But um i um i've kind of started to um understand that life doesn't uh, doesn't uh, really go as uh, as planned and uh, that uh, um you know uh, uh, that uh, everybody um you know has their own life and has like some i don't want to like sound um uh, like uh, egoistic or like I don't know how, but uh, but like um, right now I think um, uh, if I would be happy in Nairobi and my kids grow up in the Netherlands and I have a business that allows me to spend like to travel often and spend uh, time with them and so on um, I can I can like kind of live with with that arrangement and i think my kids will also see that um you know that uh, i care and that i want to be in their lives and so on but if i would now start another family with young kids and start from scratch again and then divide my attention between kids that 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 all depends on you and all of those things like no, that would that whole thought scares me so much that I uh, I think I will uh, I will never ever have kids again, and uh, I just want to be a good dad to the ones that I already have. I think that's uh, uh, that's uh, much better for everyone involved. I think. Yeah, very good. Very 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 interesting uh, viewpoints. I didn't I didn't think about it that way. Uh, my my last question on this uh, topic, and then we'll segue to. Alpha fit, which I really want to mm. understand that story. Any of your three kids, any of them have uh, affinity with Kenya at all, or no? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, very much. They were all born here. Um, my uh, firstborn is a boy, Seth. He is uh, uh, eleven, oh, okay. and uh, uh, so he he lived uh, here for almost ten years, um, and. Uh, yeah, his sisters are a bit younger, but they were also born here. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, I think they, they, uh, you know, uh, you know, had got a really good foundation in life here in Kenya, and they've learned a lot of things, and they were really attached to it also. So every time I go to the Netherlands, we talk about, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the people that they know here, uh, they obviously know uh, the company, the the, 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 the yeah, AlphaFit. Um, so we talk about those things, and 
uh, yeah, I think they uh, they really um, like uh, uh, live with Kenya in their minds, and uh, I I would love to you know bring them here and like uh, take them here on a holiday again and such things, and I think they would really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So, how did the opportunity with AlphaFit come about? <laughs> um, all right, so uh, let me not give a whole long introduction, but okay, I have had two other jobs here in Kenya. First, I worked for a flower exporting company, and then I worked for a consultancy uh, in infrastructure. And uh, um, yeah, all that time I was uh, I was just living and working from Nairobi. I um, loved going to the gym. I never really saw a gym that was like, you know, uh, like uh, the ones that I would uh, go to um, if I uh, like, uh, uh, like visited the Netherlands or something. Um, so, you know, I was working, but I was also going to gyms and I saw that they were getting busier and the gym wasn't that great, but, you know, and, you know, I remember one time I had asked uh, my regular driver just to count how many people went to other gyms, went to gyms that had, that already existed. And I was like, hey, that's uh, a lot of people and the gym is not that great. And um, uh, yeah, um, there's this thing called CrossFit that is like picking up momentum around the world. I was like, hey. I think uh, if I would like bring CrossFit here or like functional fitness, if I would bring that here, then um, I think it would do well. I mean, there's uh, there's a market for it. So I asked uh, my colleague from the flower company that I had worked for, and then I asked my then boss. I was like, "Yo, do you guys like see that same potential?" and uh, would you like to like invest? Because I feel like I want to, I want to do this, but I'm looking for partners. Anyway, they jumped on board. And uh, while I was working for that consultancy, I was kind of building the plans for AlphaFit. And uh, yeah, then uh, February, um, four and a half years ago, February, um, what is that? 98. Yeah. We opened AlphaFit, and um, yeah, there was. You mean you like mean you mean 2018? 2018? Yeah, 2018. 2018. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So what, what did I say? Like you said. Way 19, back. You, said, yeah, you, said, yeah. you said 1998. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. No. So um, uh, we opened that gym. There had been like a bit of a buzz going around, and. Uh, uh, we built our own thing and like we brought equipment with our name on it. Like, you know, like uh, we kind of made an entrance. And, um, and then uh, from the first day, I think, uh, um, you know, we had members. There was a lot of things going on. We signed up, I think, 300 or so members in the first two weeks or so. Three, like, like, 300? Yeah, like wow. it was that's amazing. Ridiculous. We 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 had uh, we had a 
Yeah, we had a promotion. We said that people could get like a lifetime discount if they like signed up early and whatever. So, and then uh, um, I was still working somewhere else, but I, you know, this had like, you know, hit the ground running. And uh, I told my boss, who was also an investor in AlphaFit, I said, uh, I think I should uh, uh, go there full time. I should like work for AlphaFit because, uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's something happening. And uh, well, that is now four years ago. I, uh, I quit my consultancy job and I um, basically, uh, you know, my, I, I stopped my expat uh, salary my, uh, my own, with all my benefits and uh, uh, health insurance and all of those things to, uh, uh, to become a, a business owner full time. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> that and, was and, a, and a big decision. And how has it been so far making that kind of decision, especially, especially not having all those benefits mm-hmm. that you had before? Yeah, well, uh, at first I, uh, um, I, okay, I had uh, a bit of savings still and, uh, and you know, we, we weren't uh, uh, in investing anymore. The, 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 the gym uh, was kind of running break even or even making a bit of a profit so um yeah we were we were uh quite uh you know uh comfortable uh, but then uh, corona the pandemic happened and uh, oh yes yeah. i think we went from uh friday the 13th of march um was our busiest day ever. We had like we never had never had so many check-ins on one particular day. That is, uh, you could see that in our system, and it was busy and it was vibing and it was like classes going on and uh, you know shit was like happening. And then um, uh, on that Sunday, no, on that Friday, sorry, on that Friday, uh, yeah, the first case of uh, uh, Corona. Uh, had been discovered in Kenya, and uh, well, that's kind of when life uh, uh, took a turn because, uh, um, yeah, we went from uh, like uh, that gym that was uh, thriving and you know doing well to uh, completely shut down uh, in three or four days. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting ride so far. After that. We reopened and then we had to close again, and then uh, we had lost the, like the bigger part of uh, our turnover, and uh, um, then uh, we started recovering again. And well, now we are kind of, you know, um, okay again, but uh, it took a while. Yeah. You know, if if I knew this story, I wouldn't have uh, been that pesky customer to come and tell you. It, it, you know, Valter, we need fifty-pound dumbbells, please. <laughs> I would have been like, you know what? Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I need to calm down. I mean, I, I should be happy that even the gym is open now, and at least they still have the lights on. Because I remember coming to you and telling you when we just opened again after the, after MOH, Ministry of Health of Kenya, said gyms can open again. And I think I, I came, I walked up to you, and I was like, the fifty, the fifty kg um, dumbbell is broken. And you looked at me and said, we'll fix it. And in my mind, I was like. Please hurry up. I didn't know that. You're probably looking at me like, hey, dude, we are suffering yeah. here, man. What's wrong with you? 
Yeah, no, it's it, it's funny because it's uh, it, in those. Uh, uh, I think uh, everybody also, you know, experienced uh, things in a in, in in a different way. I I found this a particular very like a very stressful period, and we lost a lot of money. And uh, you know, I uh, you know I you know I I wasn't paying myself a salary for about two years because I thought okay, as long as I can pay dance like my staff and stuff and then you would have like somebody walking in who uh was not affected at all they would just come and uh like you know like their, their whatever job was still going on and so on and they were like saying uh well you know i uh i paid for um my membership and uh uh you know i i it had like been frozen but i was on holiday when you like reactivated accounts. So I would like to have those uh, five days back or something. And I was like, I don't, I, I've spent all your money already. I, I just want you to, like, uh, I, I just want you to renew uh, your membership, please. I can't, I can't, I can't give away more, like, uh, 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 you know, grace periods and stuff. Like, yeah. So, uh, no, it's interesting because, uh, and, and, and also how people, like lost everything and 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 um really really made it a point to at least pay for their gym membership because if they would also lose that then they would like lose their sanity because that's like the place where you know they um uh, uh you know they come to uh forget about all their worries so yeah and you know it's a community gym, you know, I mean, you've been there. So are you, um, like, uh, you, uh, you don't just come there to work out. You also come there to, you know, socialize and stuff. So people brought all their stories to, uh, all their experiences to AlphaFit. And I was experiencing, uh, stuff myself and well, the, the divorce that I mentioned right before that. So yeah, I must say it was, uh, it was a, a an interesting uh, period, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're, ve- you're 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 very right. Even during the pandemic, I'm very happy I was in Kenya during the pandemic than in Canada because mm-hmm. Canada shut Canada shut down the gyms very very strict, and even when they opened, mm. they had they, they even when they opened, they just had they had a limited number of people that had to come in, and then you had to wait outside waiting for somebody, and then you had to wear wear a mask mm-hmm. as you're as you're walking out. So you're very right that uh, Alpha Fit, even if I was losing a lot of income, I would still look for that seven thousand shillings somehow to pay mm-hmm. because because yeah, it was that is, uh, that is it. It was my it was yeah. my sanity indeed. It was it was really my sanity. So mm. so the, the the other question I wanted to ask you was the porch. There's the, the, the if, if, if of course the audience that is listening to this are, are, are probably uh, somewhere in Papua New Guinea or Fiji and listening to this conversation. Now, and if you if you come to Alpha Fits, one of the things that I really liked about Alpha Fits was the fact that it had that porch where you could sit down and the Wi-Fi extended all the way there. And then for someone mm-hmm. like me, I always had I always had my coffee, and I always had a chapati with me, and I would read a book, read something on my iPad drink my coffee and my chapati and then I now go walk out. Was that design intentional? Because a lot of gyms, even around the world, don't have a sitting area for 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 members or customers 
or yeah, not even yeah. not, not even customers people people used to, i used to see people used to come there and just pack their car and sit down there so it was almost like was it was it something you thought about or was it an afterthought or how did that mm. come about because i feel as if that's what really has created the community in all of it I, i might be wrong yeah well no you're right and it's uh, it's definitely uh, been very 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 intentional um Every time, like I would walk into a gym, I would feel like uh, you know. So, Val, uh, Val, we we lo we lost you for ten. We lost you for ten seconds. I know the Nairobi infrastructure uh -huh. probably did that. So you were you were about to answer the question. If you just take ten seconds back, then we can you can speak again, please. Uh, yeah, I was I was saying like uh, that. It was very intentional to have that uh, space where people can uh, sit together, vibe together, chat. Um, I, I remember from um, like any time that I would walk into a gym, even a new gym in a new place somewhere, I would like uh, feel a great culture. People all like you know are all the same, and uh, like there's a good, there's a very like good um, like kind of vibe cohesion uh, in a uh, in a gym community. So I wanted to accommodate for that. I wanted to. Um, you know, uh, have a place where people could uh, sit and chill. I wanted to do social events. I wanted to do group class or community style workouts and so on, because I, I feel like, uh, um, you know, that is, that is uh, what makes uh, a gym special. And that also makes it that people want to come there. Like a, a gym is often seen as a, uh, a bird, like uh, working out is often seen as a burden or something that people have to do for their health. But if, if you surround yourself with people that uh, like do uh, workouts instead of, you know, like drinking at a bar all the time, if, those, if your friends are the people that you meet at the gym, then uh, you're also way more likely to commit to it and to stay um you know to stay active and so on so uh no that social thing that like uh you know the social part of a community gym uh, was really important for me yeah mm. it, it is 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 alpha fit going to be in different parts of kenya like kisumu nanyuki or you just want to just have it just where it is right now um well uh <laughs> On that Friday, the, the 13th of March, uh, two and a half years ago, we, uh, we received uh, a draft uh, lease for AlphaFit uh, Alpha number two. We, uh, we were um, uh, in advanced stages talking to a landlord somewhere and we were like, uh, you know, we had a bit of cash and we had an investor and um, you know, we were going to uh, like find that uh, lease and start building um, the second one in Nairobi. And uh, well, again, then the Monday after the gym was closed and uh, we weren't going to get any support and uh, everybody, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, wanted uh, to have their membership frozen. No, 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 no offense. But, uh, you know, then life... Um, no offense to whoever is listening. I mean, uh, maybe alpha fit members. Um, 
but uh, um, no, life was different. So we kind of stopped all those uh, plans. And uh, um, then, uh, um, yeah, we, like I said, we suffered uh, some losses and financially and so on. So we, we, we were kind of just sitting it out for a bit. And uh, now we are restarting and uh, we are restarting. I mean, we've been open for a while again, but um, we are uh, clearing some backlogs and so on. And now we are looking ahead again. And now we, we are like, okay, um, are we still going to do this? Or are we uh, just going to like take it easy and see how it develops and so on? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's for us, it's still a bit of a weird period. If you would have asked me three years ago, I would have said uh, AlphaFit uh, is going to have 12 branch- branches uh, before I turn 40. But now I'm... Uh, uh, not, not so sure anymore. Yeah, and, 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 and I think if you were to expand the way you were thought you wanted to expand, do you think you would have been able to still maintain that magic that's what makes AlphaFit mm-hmm. AlphaFit for me? No. Because for me, AlphaFit's... No, let me, no, let, so, so let, me, let, me just, let me just share one thing to the, to the audience here. If you ever visit Kenya... And you want to go to a gym that is kind of life affair, they're still organized. I would really say AlphaFit. And I'm, this is this is is not you promoting it, it's me promoting it. And I would say the one thing that you have done or the culture you have created in AlphaFit that I haven't seen in any other gym that I've traveled to is the fact that people can write stuff on on the on the on the on the, on the ground. That is really cool, man. Mm-hmm. That 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 little yeah. thing that the, the chalk is there and I can write my workouts on on or, or whatever on the ground. There is no other gym I've been to. I I haven't traveled as extensively as mm-hmm. you have, but I've I have traveled deep when I go to countries and I stay for to learn cultures. I haven't seen any other gym that you can write on the ground. And I think those are little things mm-hmm. that make AlphaFit what it is. So I don't know if you will be able to extend that same magic yeah. if you had twelve locations. No, I. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, the other side of it. I I was just saying that I I had in, in initially like uh, built AlphaFit uh, to be a company, right? To be like something that uh, was gonna secure my uh, future and uh, like I was going to like be worth something. So that's where that kind of you know, lots of different branches and thing uh, came from. But I, I realized that, uh, um, yeah, yeah AlphaFit is, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, um, you, you have to put in a lot of uh, love and attention uh, to make it uh, AlphaFit, uh, to run a community and to have, like, people, so many different people, uh like feel comfortable there and uh you know uh like uh organize events and there was a gala that we did not so long ago uh such things you could not do if uh if if you had a uh a, a chain of gyms and uh, uh i think that's indeed uh, the special thing about uh alphabet right now so um i don't know if i still uh, if i still want that uh if i still uh, like uh, aspire to to have such uh, such a company or maybe something that can make money, but AlphaFit is too dear to me. I think to uh, commercialize it.
like that uh, right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of the opposite of what I just said before. But yeah, you know that's how we started, and right now I uh, I feel like uh, uh, you know we should just uh, keep it the way it is. Uh, maybe a bit more profitable, but otherwise, uh, yeah. 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 Wow. Walter, thank you, man. I, I'm very grateful for your time and it's nice to connect with you and uh, at least having this conversation with you has uh, played some small movies in my mind about my time in Kenya. I can't wait to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have somebody mm-hmm. that I have somebody that I left there that I need to come back and do what I need to do with. Is there any yeah, uh, is there any final thoughts or anything you want to share for, for the audience? Um, no, well, okay, uh, maybe this, uh, I was realizing this as we uh, spoke, we, we, uh, started talking about, uh, like, uh, uh, me about 20 years ago. And then like, you know, you go through all these kind of stages in life. I think, um, I would, uh, I would say that like my life as a traveler, as a, no man uh up till like uh, a couple of years ago and then and uh, now me building a life in a in a in a in a country that is you know different or not like different from you know my own culture and beliefs i think the the most important thing and i again i realize this is that uh, we often uh, really really go from you know, one experience into the other or like experiencing something, but already kind of, you know, thinking about what's next and what are we going to do after this or like, you know, what's going to be bigger or better than whatever I'm doing right now. I think uh, the the lesson is that uh, you should, uh, um, uh, you know, discover, follow the things that you want to do, but also uh you know live in that moment wherever you are wherever you meet people whatever you're experiencing and all of those things i think um uh you know time time flies you know and uh, uh things will not uh really happen again and uh you know enjoy whatever you're doing and uh uh uh, don't forget to sometimes uh, uh reflect and see where you are yeah and if 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 uh someone listening to this wants to find out a little bit more about you or follow you in any of the social medias or anything uh, how, how can they keep up with what you're doing with mm. alpha fit and other things that you probably might create in the future uh well alpha fit is on uh, the socials of course uh uh, we post uh, our daily workouts and like uh, whatever videos of the stuff that our members are doing. Uh, Alpha Fit LTD, uh, that's on Instagram. And uh, well, I'm on Instagram, uh, but uh, I I think I have a uh, hundred and thirty-seven followers. I don't really do a lot there, but you could uh, look me up. It's Valter. Uh, V Z A Visa. That is W O U T E R V Z A uh, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I don't really uh, uh, do much, but the Alpha Fit page is uh, is worth uh, following. 
I think. Yeah. And if I wanted to say, if you ever visit Nairobi and you want to walk out in a great gym like I did for two years and uh, four months while I was there, I would really highly, highly recommend what uh, Valta and his uh, two other partners have created. So they are located up at uh, Ngong Road opposite uh, Masabit Plaza. So if you, if, you, if you touch down at JKIA and you are a gym head like me, just tell Uber, put Alpha Fit in your Uber and just find your mm. way there. And uh, I hope you can send, send, send me an email and tell me your experience. But uh, I would highly, highly recommend Kenya and Alpha Fit. So, Valter, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. All right, man. I, uh, I really enjoyed this. We, uh, we went from uh, sharks to <laughs> bicycles to uh yeah uh I'm, marriage and marriage to, and divorce uh, uh, marriage and fatherhood and the purpose in life damn yeah that's quite a, a journey <laughs> all right man i will catch up with you when i come up to to kenya but thank you again for your time and coming on the show all right cool man All right, take care. Thank you very much. Cheers. Okay. Wow. That was a, an amazing chat with uh, Walter. Um, learning about scuba diving and sharks and um, his travels, <laughs> especially on that bicycle. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I want to thank Vout for coming on uh, the show. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you were inspired, especially to realize that even if you don't have enough money, you can still create an adventure by buying a bicycle and riding to your country of destination. If you enjoyed today's episode, I will encourage you to please share it with a, a special friend of yours. And please don't forget to go on the website www.uiukpong.com to subscribe to my new weekly newsletter titled three nuggets wednesday and with that i will say sayonara i hope i'm correct whoever is listening to this if i'm wrong please let me know but i sayonara basically means I want to talk to you another time and I'm looking forward to next week's episode with Julie Obanda. So with that, have a great week, guys, and uh, do something crazy. Take care now. Bye-bye.